Welcome to Own It from Women Lead Change. I'm Tiffany O'Donnell, CEO of Women Lead Change. On today's episode, I talked to Annette Hamilton, who's Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of Ho-Chunk, Inc. She joined the company in 2001 as Chief Financial Officer and was promoted to Chief Operations Officer in 2004. Ho-Chunk, Inc. is a tribally owned development corporation of the Winnebago tribe of Nebraska. Additionally, Hamilton is responsible for strategic planning, budgeting, forecasting, and corporate business plans. She also appraises and makes executive decisions on prospective corporate acquisitions and expansion. Annette Hamilton, thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy busy day. Oh, thank you, Tiffany. It's so great to see you. You have got such an interesting story. Um, I'd love for you just to sort of level set and tell our listeners about uh, your journey and where you are today. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for asking me to share my story. I will say historically, women have not always been included in history, but have made significant contributions. And so a few years ago, I made myself a promise that when I was asked to share my story, that I would share my story. And it's not always comfortable to share that. Thank you for asking. And thank you for the podcast that you do. I would be remiss if I didn't start with my story because I'm an enrolled member of the Kickapoo Tribe of Kansas. How I was raised and how at least my tribal affiliation thinks is that we walk in the footsteps of our ancestors and we need to be careful of the footprints that we leave for the future generations. And so in telling my story, I'd be remiss in not starting it with my grandma, who really was an inspiration, who was born in 1900 and was not a U.S. citizen, although Native American means indigenous to this continent, when it wasn't a U.S. citizen until she was 24 years old. As she had kids and they grew up, they served. And that's a tradition in Native Americans in order to earn some some kind of rights to rituals and um, status within the tribe is serving in the military. So Native Americans serve in the military per capita at one of the highest rates. My story starts with her and the hard work and the entrepreneurship and the tenacity to succeed and do whatever it takes. So so she was a product of forcible removal from her family into a boarding school um, where um, as it's coming out in today's age, atrocities happened. And, you know, my grandma got up early and walked um, three miles to catch a bus to wash dishes. But throughout that whole thing, she kept educating herself and she was very well read. She loved to read Western novels and just laugh, laugh about them. And I will say then my mom, the next generation was a product of the Indian termination era of the U S government and forcibly removing native Americans from the reservation and moving them to cities in those cities. My mom was denied a high school education, knowing that some kind of education was important. My mom um, joined the U.S. Army and got her GED and really one of the most knowledgeable people because she just kept reading and educating herself on a variety of genres, including magazines, novels. And at an early age, assigned me an eclectic 
make some novels to read. So that's the background of the footsteps that I walked in when I came in. I will say when I started, I always knew that I wanted to help Native Americans, but not through traditional of being a doctor or being a lawyer. I wanted to do it through business and help elevate the economy and create opportunities. And so I got a degree in accounting and I worked in publicly traded and large privately owned companies. And then I applied to MBA school. And through MBA school, I kind of created my own major because I already had a um, business undergrad. I went out and I said, what I'm going to need is a good breadth of knowledge of a lot of different subjects. So I took all of my electives from the MBA school to master's level in social work, uh, housing policy, a lot of public policy classes, because what the U.S. government interacts with tribal governments so much and the policy has huge ripple effects to everyone's daily life. So that's the background and get in my MBA. It was a, a tad bit unusual, but I will say I don't regret taking that unique approach to tailoring my, my schooling. And I think that's the footprints that I walked into. And I will say always um, the, also the footprints that I, I was born in and then I walk in are really strong entrepreneurs of thinking of taking advantage of opportunities and finding a niche to serve a need out in public and finding a way to um, help support your family through that, finding that niche of entrepreneurs. So, wow, you're living it. Tell us about, <laughs> about what you do today. I am currently the vice president and chief operating officer for Ho-Chunk Inc. I've worked there for 20 plus years. I will say what I love, love, love about my job is that I love that business entrepreneurial edge. When I started, we were 50 million in revenue. Now, this year, we're going to be over 350 million. We have businesses from government contracting that um, help serve the U.S. government. Some of our clients are U.S. State Department, DOD, Department of Interior. I mean, the list goes on. Um, and we also have a marketing company, construction companies, a real estate development company, um, convenience store. I mean, just so starting new businesses and help serving needs of and each of our businesses have their own unique advantage and their own unique purpose where some of them might be able to some of them, their purpose might be creating job opportunities for tribal members and not maximize profit where some of them might be to maximize profit to bring back into the state of Nebraska to the tri-state region of Nebraska, Iowa, and specifically creating opportunities on the Winnebago reservation. Um, so that is historically beyond, um, beyond poverty um, levels. And in our 20 years, we've done an economic impact study. We've been able to increase educational rates of high school, of college, increase people's average, average wages. All of those now still, all of those fall below national and state averages, but they are increasing 
at an increasing rate. People who don't know Ho-Chunk, I mean, I think would be one of the things that impressed me most were the, the diversity of businesses. I mean, that was a very intentional move, wasn't it? It, it, it was extremely intentional in that I will say creating and developing and sustaining a business, a tribally owned business has many challenges. And I will say the outside world isn't always equipped to service um, a tribal owned business. So even getting a loan, you had to get bankers familiar with working with tribally owned businesses or to take that risk, right? Or to get bonding for our construction company. All of those had extra steps and hoops that we had to um, jump through. I will say that diversity was by intention because as I referenced um, before, each one of us has a different purpose. So some of them might be 100% profit oriented and, and others might be job creations. Some might be getting into serving a need for the community. So like our grocery stores and convenience stores, Winnebago tribe is in, um, in a food desert. Um, they're really, if we didn't run the grocery store, they wouldn't have the, the Winnebago tribal members would have to drive 25 miles to get access to fresh fruit and vegetables. So, so those are serving the needs that out the community needs that outweigh and then our businesses that are profit generating help support up the businesses that are serving community needs. And how does culture play a role in your business culture? How does outside culture play a role? What does that look like that might be different or or the same from some of this, you know, the world's best companies? That's a that's a really good question. I think that we develop culture um, very specifically, and I think that our culture is very much business for profit, but with a sense of purpose that we are giving back to future generations. We're lifting people up, and people really, our employees really gravitate to our mission. And that I will say that our culture is that we allow people to make mistakes and to hopefully learn from them and develop beyond them. So I will say that we're more forgiving of mistakes and kind of take the opportunity to learn from our mistakes. And and so I will say a for-profit with a not a for-profit kind of business culture with also kind of mixed in with a non-profit kind of mission mm-hmm. that really serves and draws a certain certain type of employee and really gets embedded into our mission and it goes into the smallest things of how do you develop employees how do you how do you handle people making mistakes um i will also say that we really intentionally use gallops strength finders. Um, I have a couple here that shows my, my personal, my top five strengths and what we really liked. And I think that it really fit our culture is to build people up through their strengths and not to try to develop them through their weaknesses. Mm. So, so really focusing on getting teams and really the value of teams together. We all have things that maybe we don't do the best, Um, But relying on my top five strengths and how I serve the greater team with my top five strengths for things that might be at my bottom 
of the list of that, I would rely on my teammates to help support the greater team. And we really, in the last five years, have tried to embed Gallup Strength Finders into our corporate culture because it really fit along within the Native American culture of building people up. I look at it as the how I how I see it as the Native American culture, not directly related, but it's related in that natives have been here and have overcome by relying on each other on the teamwork and survived like diseases placed upon them, like smallpox purposely put in blankets or um, being forced on reservations and shot and killed if you left the reservation to forcibly removed from um, and the kids placed in boarding schools, all of these, or just even starting a business, extra layers of bureaucracy or um, lack of people understanding. So outside um, support services for small businesses, really understanding and being able to mitigate that risk. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot of ways. So I think that Strength Finders really speaks to the tenacity of Native Americans and tribes and how much they love the the land, the United States, and the look of the future generations investing in the team and people's strengths. So that's how I relate it to the Native American culture. For sure. I mean, a lot of times when we describe our team, we'll call it a tribe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that, that's exact that's that's exact concept where everybody brings the strength to the table and how do we, you know, move it together for the greater good. Mount Mercy University was founded in 1928 by a group of bold women intent on breaking barriers. Inspired by the Sisters of Mercy, Mount Mercy is committed to fulfilling their mission to expand abilities, equip you to lead with purpose, and empower you to accomplish your goals. Mount Mercy offers graduate, accelerated, and traditional programs to people from all walks of life. Their forward-thinking, future-focused approach puts you on the path toward success. Mount Mercy University. The future is female. Their past was too. Discover more at mtmercy.edu. You know, I know you are very active in lifting others up and and mentoring. And I'd love to get your thoughts on the importance of mentoring, maybe some tips for those out there who, um, you know, have people that they could help out. Any words of wisdom? We're all kind of like going back to my uh, my talk of walking in the footprints uh, footprints of your ancestors. We are all here on this earth. Our very survival is contingent upon help from a community and a community and network of people. So who you place around you and who you rely upon and get it, advice is is absolutely one of the most critical decisions that you can make. And surrounding yourself with positive people and or finding mentors that you relate to that care enough about you to help you notice that maybe you need a course correction. Because I will say the world generally doesn't care enough to go, oh, well, they're heading off a cliff, but oh, I'll just sit and watch. Maybe I'll film it. But you need someone who cares enough, but also not just cares enough to do the course correction, but also believes in that you can overcome any challenges and looks at towards the long term and says that you can do whatever you set your mind to doing. So mentors have played a huge role in my life. 
Um, one of the stories I, I like to tell is that um, I read an article of a woman in leadership and I was so moved by the article. I called up her office and this, this ex she's an executive. And um, I called up her office, talked to her secretary. And I think I didn't even get to her secretary. I got the receptionist and I said, I'd like to make an appointment with, and um, the name. And they're like, what's this concerning? Oh, she, she wants to meet me. Um, I just read this article and she wants to meet me. We're going to help each other. <laughs> I have a lifelong lunch, regular lunch meeting, and we just help support each other. I will also say that I have found it important to mentor other people. And it's super important. So going back to my comments of the footprints that you leave for the future generation. So Hotel Gink also finds it as just our corporate culture that it's important to lift others up. On a regular basis, people call and say, hey, we're in this business and we're struggling with this kind of issue. And I'll just brainstorm with them and say, okay, you know, this is some, some of the ways that we've adapted to it and dealt with it. And so on a regular basis, um, I have mentored people through through that way. I've also, as I talked about the Gallup Strength Finders, took the course and got certified as a Gallup Strength, Strength Finders coach. I, I coach people through that Strength Finders kind of framework, but really just trying to also share stories to help people understand that you can create opportunities to look at more of a longer term perspective. Um, every day we all face challenges and we can all feel down, but to look at it as more longer term and the tenacity and know that anybody who you aspire to become or aspire to look up, they faced many challenges and they had ups and downs. And through those downs, what got them through is that tenacity and or mentors of someone says you can do it and still picks you up. And we all needed that. And it's important also to give that back. You can do that through other executives and serving on board of directors. Yes, yeah, I'm engaged in boards of directors. You've served on some really impressive uh, boards in the past. And I know you believe in volunteerism and giving back. Any advice to listeners about the value in that? I will say in every board that I have served on, I've gotten so much more than what the effort that I, I've taken through friendships, potential mentorships, new generating new ideas. But I also think that it's important to lift up all the surrounding communities that you work and live in and to leave the world just a tiny bit of a better place and it's amazing how one poor person's voice can really rise up a whole group of people and i will find that you know boards of directors historically don't have a lot of women and or minority women and so putting yourself into places like going to conferences and talking to people I did a program through Sioux City, Iowa, that um, Leadership Siouxland that actually had training classes and nominated you for boards of directors. There's lots of ways to get involved. 
get involved into a charity or a nonprofit or an organization that you are and volunteer to be on the board. Sometimes you have to apply and, um, and then your name gets out, but there's a strong need to have women, to have minorities in boardrooms. So take that, take that challenge to make yourself a little uncomfortable and promise yourself that you're going to say yes. And through some boards, I've learned what really speaks to my heart and what I have time to do. Because sometimes you can um, overcommit yourself because the need is so much. But um, I will say I've always gotten a lot more of serving on boards of directors than, than I've always felt pretty honored to be able to serve. I know you're, you're so busy. I do know that. Um, and I know I've been a benefactor of that. So thank you. Oh, well, it was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you and to to work with you. And yeah, I have worked with you in the past. Yeah. I, I love the mission of Women Lead Change. Thank you. Thank you. I do have to ask you one final question on the Own It podcast. It's why we call it Own It. Is there something about you that you may have thought wasn't a great thing. And at the end of the day, it's a huge strength. You just didn't know it. And how do you own it? One of, I guess, my strengths is strategic. And how that plays out for me is that when there were times of crisis, and I always thought I was a little bit crazy, but how I visualize it, it actually is drop down boxes, drop from the sky. And in times of crisis or difficulties, these drop-down boxes, they create little worlds that I can envision alternative solutions or alternative reactions of mine and play them out to some of the ripple effects. So I can walk into that and go, oh, if I do this, and it all happens very quickly and in a matter of seconds in I thought for a long time, I can't tell anybody about these drop-down boxes. And taking the strength finders, that's strategic. It's creating alternative pathways forward. And I think I have used that. Now, I will have to admit, I may not have always picked the wisest, <laughs> the wisest of them um, I, um, in my younger ages. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I've learned to, to use that. And I think one of the other ones that it took me a while in strength finders is significance. And I look at that and I look out through my life and I, and that has been, may I, dare I say, superpower to get me through some of the rough times mm -hmm. in life because in my significance, I really looked at the long term instead of the immediate needs. And when you take hits or someone says something so critical and it just just devastates you, that I would put myself to bed and go, okay, I'm going to pick myself back up and focus. And I'm going to take that uncomfortableness and learn from it and build myself better and look at the long term. So having that, I think of that tenacity of looking at the long term and settling into happiness, but also being comfortable, trying to push myself to be comfortable with the uncomfortable because you learn and you have your greatest growth when you push yourself to be uncomfortable. For sure, for sure. Well, Annette, thank you for the gift of time today. Always insightful and inspiring. Thank you, Tiffany. It's always great to catch up.
Annette is so inspiring in her passion for her mission. Applications for the Elevate Leadership Program are live now at wlcglobal.org. This program is open to emerging leaders in the corridor. Get those applications in by May 31st. The Women Lead Change Store is open. We have apparel, books, drinkware, and more at wlcstore.myshopify.com. Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Other content and resources are available at wlcglobal.org. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it so much.